0: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins on 630CAD. I just want to further explain that
1: situation I touched on with Todd, who called in about 20 minutes ago, because I kind of rushed through it. Winnipeg won the coin toss and deferred their choice to the second half. So Edmonton took the ball and Winnipeg chose ends so that they would have the wind in the second quarter, which generally has a few extra plays in it because of how the clock stops more often at the end of the second quarter in the last three minutes. And Edmonton got the kickoff, had a decent return, scored a touchdown on the first play. So then Edmonton is ahead 22-10 at halftime. It's now Winnipeg's choice for the third quarter. They chose to take the wind in the fourth quarter. So then Edmonton took the ball so here's the thing, down 12 points, usually you'd see a team, well, usually the team takes the ball whenever they have a choice. If it's a close game, they might say, well, well let's take the win in the fourth. Winnipeg was trailing by almost two touchdowns and still just said, you know what, Edmonton, you can take the ball and have the win to start the third quarter because we don't think you can come out and score and make it 29-10 and put us in a deeper hole. Uh, at least that's how I read that situation. I don't know what Blake Dermot thought of that. Hey, Blake.
0: Hey, how you doing Reed? <clears throat> so well, t- you know what Reed I, I would agree to that. I agree with that. I mean, when you consider that the last two drives that Winnipeg had in the in the first half, uh, they seem to have figured out the defense by that time. they scored ten points in the last few minutes of that first half. So they're thinking, okay, uh, they're they're they at uh, twenty minutes gone in the game, they were down by twenty two points, but that last uh, ten minutes of that second half edmonton did nothing and, and really did nothing for with the exception of the one touchdown late in the game or in the third quarter uh they uh they didn't do anything um after that so i think i think winnipeg had made their adjustments uh in that second quarter and felt confident coming out at the halftime and and you know i mean all you, know, you got to be as an analytics guy to realize that the the worst quarter that the elks have had all year is, is the third quarter so you know they're, they're thinking okay let's give them the ball and uh uh, if we get a good stop from our defense, and then we're in good shape. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, the momentum just continued to go in and, and at that point, Edmonton uh, started to make mistakes and started to play like a team that doesn't know how to play with the lead, and, uh, which is you know, expected when they've never played with the lead. Never have one. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay,
1: so I know you guys touched on this a little bit last night, but I want to dive into this because we had a caller and a, a couple of messages about it halftime adjustments and I've talked I, I was talking about it too the Elks are not the most talented team especially on offense they've really struggled we've seen the, some games where the defense wasn't great either but football you know you have that halftime you have that section of the game where coaches can say we're throwing out these pages of the playbooks we got to do this and we got to tweak this I, I like I can't help Blake but criticize Chris Jones and the coaches for some of the things that have happened. In the second half because they have been tied three times they were down a point another game they were down four to hamilton and then yesterday they had the lead i'm probably think i'm missing another game they were close so six and six or seven of their nine losses they've been okay or or you know tied or leading at halftime so to me this isn't just all it's always the players they're a bunch of screw-ups like and you've been in locker rooms like what happens at halftime is there is something lacking here
0: yeah, um, a, a lot of times adjustments you make in halftime, and, and very rarely do you do you come up with a new play or a new scheme or a new strategy at halftime. It's basically saying this was working except for this, and then you try to aj- make the adjustment on this. You know whether it's you know you're not hanging in there long enough on your blocks, or or you're you got a uh, as a receiver you're you're maybe too shallow on your on your cut, or you know those are the kinds of things that they see just minor, uh, minor adjustments. Typically, are what, be, are what is being made, um, and then and then, but what ends up happening is, is that um, they sometimes there is a need for you know you go into a you know, you go into a game with a with a specific uh, play set. You go and you say we're gonna we're gonna use these running places, the ones we practice, these are the ones we think are gonna work really well. These are the past combinations, the route combinations, and past plays that we're gonna use, and this is what we're gonna go into, and we'll make adjustments off of those. And and then sometimes you get into a game and. The team has done a really good job of taking away that stuff. So you don't have the success that you thought you were going to have. What bothers me is when that happens, when, when they're completely shutting down your plays, um, when they're we're taking away that inside zone run, that they're taking away that the, the, the RPO where the quarterback uh, rides the, the running back with the handoff and then keeps the ball and takes off to the outside edge. The Winnipeg did a really nice job in the second half, taking that away. That was the first play, the first touchdown that the Elks had, was that particular play. And uh, you know, when you when you when you look at the the adjustments that they made, uh, Kevin Brown had 95 yards in the first half, 95 yards in the first half, finished the game with 98, right? It's three yards in the second half. So that tells me you you uh, they they um, they shut you down. They made the adjustments, and you didn't adjust to a, a, a different play. And that's one of the problems that I have with what's happened with the Elks this year. And, and we saw at the end of the game, the last touchdown that the Bombers ran, there was a play that we hadn't seen all game. We probably haven't seen her two or three games. They ran a screenplay, screenplay to all Oliviera. And, and, uh, you know, they had two guys going to hit Brown, the quarterback, and he dumped the ball off to Oliviero, and, and he goes for a 20 yard romp for a touchdown. Um, I don't believe that the Elks have a play like that in their system or a play that they feel confident enough to call. Now that could, could have to do with new quarterback, youngest team in the league, all of those kinds of issues. But those are the kinds of adjustments that they need to make. You know, if they're absolutely shutting down everything that you're running, you gotta have something else. You gotta have a go to thing and and it seems that in the third quarter, that's the frustration where it builds is where they've come out and teams have completely shut them down this year with the exception, you know, as you mentioned, six times they were either uh, in the game at half, but are completely shut down. And then and then it just happens. And then they just start to self-destruct and things happen and, and it goes south. And we saw that again on Thursday. It, you know, when you're up by 22 to nothing and, uh, and you're up at halftime by 12 points, and they scored 38 points on you to your seventh in the remainder of the game. It's just, to me, that's inexcusable. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I, I know that that's happened before. You know, teams have come back, big comebacks. And I've been involved in teams that have had big comebacks. But I still believe the same thing. If, if you're the team that uh, another team comes back on, uh, or comes, they come back on you, uh, that's inexcusable as a coaching staff and as, as the players on the field.
1: I love how you put that, Blake. You touched on a lot of things there that sort of made me think of other questions, but I'll, I'll limit it to, to one or two. Um, got to have more time for me, Reed. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe after Labor Day we'll find a way. Um, <laughs> um, but you mentioned having a go-to play, and I can think back, and I'm cherry-picking here, so pardon me, but Ray to Tucker on the corner. They didn't call yeah. it all the time, but the one or two times they called it, they they scored. You know, was it, where, how's Riley going to find Walker on a second and eight, you know, or, or, or Bowman? Um, like the Elks, if I were to ask people, okay, list their go-to play, list the one offensive play that you know is going to work 95% of the time, I doubt I would get an answer.
0: Yeah, well, that's part of not having an identity, right? That's part of... You know the identity of the oxen with Ricky Ray was that Tucker corner route uh, and and that Mookie Mitchell corner route. Like it was just, it didn't matter who the receiver was. Uh, there was a bunch of great receivers that made that play work really well. Um, you know, and uh, uh, it, it it was it was a character characteristic play of uh, that they had. You know, last night in that game with Winnipeg, it was the over under. Um, Brown just sat there. They with the with the ox playing in zone coverage. They ran uh, uh, they ran an over under. They would take the field side slot back and run what is called an under route, so he'd run about three yards from the line of scrimmage, forcing the linebackers to come down. Well, when they came down, they'd run it over right behind it and underneath the safety. And and they had I forget what it was, it was like sixteen of twenty-four second down conversions last night. And and there was a couple of instances where the, the second down conversions, remember the one that late in the game, it was first and thirty. And their second down conversion was a fifteen yard or sixteen yard conversion. They ran the over and under, uh, they also play in zone and they just dumped the ball off of Brown made some great uh, throws and some uh, some really nice passes, but but it's that simple stuff that they run. And and whenever they need to play, they always leak a running back into the flat and uh, Olivier is going to touchdown on that. Every time they need a you know, it's a second and four, second and five. They'll release a running back into the flat, and they're always getting the first down. It's just, it's just one of those things. They have a really good Buck Pierce has done an excellent job as the offensive coordinator with those guys. But there's nothing about what Buck Pierce does that's new. It's just good, solid football, and uh, it's it's uh, it's very high percentage, and it works really well. And that's one of the reasons why the Bombers have been in three great cuts in the last three years. What do you
1: hope the next step is for for Trey Ford? I know you guys talked last night a lot about last night's game and maybe could yeah. some things be called differently. Okay, we've dealt with that. Yeah. What what needs to happen for him in Hamilton?
0: Well, you know, one of my biggest concern now is you know, and and I've I've had concerns with you know when you go out as a team and you just you you absolutely smell the place up like they did uh, against BC uh, a couple of weeks ago, just terrible. It's easy to you know to be mad at yourself and come back and say you know we're we're going to be better. All we got to do is we got to do this and we got to do this and we're better. And we saw that in the first first half against Winnipeg. This was a team that could compete. Uh, they were knocking people around. They, the defense was hitting people. The, the blocking that was made on that first uh, run uh, by uh, Mitchell, you know, downfield. Everybody was into the game and everybody. So this is a team that looks at themselves as yeah, we can compete. Then you give up thirty eight points. In less than uh, less than three quarters and you start to go damn I, I, are we ever are we ever going to, to win a game I mean we we played as good as we could play and these guys still beat us and uh, that's what I'm concerned about is the doubt now I mean there's got to be doubt when you haven't won a game in as many games as they've played over the last two seasons but when you come out and play as well as they did I mean most teams would just fold up of you down 22 points in, in, in 20 minutes. A lot of teams are just, okay, Let's we're playing for next week and we've got to worry about next week. There's nothing we can do about it. But to, to have a team come back and score that many on you, I'm really concerned with the psyche of this group now. Uh, I would have much rather seen them lose, you know, in a last-second field goal by Winnipeg or something like that than I would have seen them, uh, you know, blow a big lead like they did.
1: All right. I'm going to ask you another question, uh, sort of a league-wide question, based on some things I've seen in Elks games. Um, There were a couple pass interference calls last night. I, I, I didn't necessarily like. I, I thought a couple against BC were ticky-tack. And yes, I do watch non-Elks games. And I feel like, here are my complaints, Blake. I don't think defensive backs are allowed to hand-check enough. And I also think the officials don't make enough judgment on poorly thrown footballs. Mm-hmm. As a defensive back, I would be frustrated if the ball was underthrown and it hits me in the back, and I'm called for pass interference because the receiver is trying to reach back through me when his quarterback couldn't make a play. Yeah, am I am I being overly picky, or should the PI calls be loosened up a little bit?
0: Um, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that um, that I think we have the strictest. Uh, Pi uh, uh, penalty calling uh, rules in in all of football, including uh, college football and uh, and any other of the leagues that are played down in the states. Like it it is, it is so so tight, and that's because um, you know uh, offense sells tickets, right? And the league is saying that we want to we want to uh, uh, we want to showcase the offense in this league. And uh, um, but I think you're right. I think there's instances where judgment has to be made or uh, you know rule identification uh, rule definition sorry has, has got to be uh, changed to allow for things like underthrown balls and uh, and uh, and certainly uh, there was a, there was one instance uh, last night where and I was sitting beside a fan that where the uh, the receiver uh, uh, I think clipped feet with the with the yeah, out- it was Mitchell yeah yeah and and uh, and there was no call made and uh, and 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 I looked at it as what, yeah, well, that's incidental contact. I didn't think there was a penalty, but the, but the the fan that was sitting beside me said, well, if that was us, we'd have got a penalty on that. I'm thinking, you know, he's probably right. So, so I I think that those kinds of things, the definition has to be, they really have to look at the rules committee. Really has to look at the, the, the especially Patrick Edwards, uh this winter, because there have been so many cases this year where you know, and, and you hear announcers, and these are guys that have been around the league for a long time. And say, well, I don't even know what that's a, a Patrick Lynch is anymore. You know, I think, I think Morley said that last night. Uh, I don't even know what that is anymore because I, I'm wrong yeah. every time I guess at what the call is. And, and we can't have people, you can't be in that situation. This has to be like an offside in hockey. We got to know what it is. You know, we uh, it, 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 we As a fan We have to be able To understand And uh, and be able To determine uh, th- You know That that's a penalty Or that's not a penalty And, it, and right now That's uh, just too much Great
1: Yeah well I've heard Glenn Suter say that On TSN And he played Defensive back And now he's been A commentator For just as yeah. long He's kind of said I'm not sure What this, the standard is I'm not sure How you play Defense If you can't <laughs> Can't even you know, Kind of have your Hand on a guy's back Just to keep track of him Like that's what yeah. I find frustrating
0: yeah, well, you know If you watch uh, if you watch an NFL game, I can't even watch that with respect to passing interference because you could have you could have a guy in a, a complete bear hug pulling on his face mask and uh, and still not called. Like their their pass interference is completely different. So when you're watching the two leagues, it's like wow, you know, a guy goes by a guy in the CFL and, and he gets nudged and uh, you know after five yards and it's it's uh, flag thrown and it, that could easily be called to pass in first, because that's where the rules are set up. But the, they, they need to they need to modify that uh, that criteria.
1: Okay. Blake, thanks for doing this. Uh, Montreal taking it to Saskatchewan 24-3, five minutes into the third. Uh, you'll be doing this, uh, I don't know with who, I'm off next week, I guess, uh, Scott or, or Dave, but uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, buddy. Take care.
0: Okay, thanks a lot, and enjoy your time off. Blake
1: Durbot checking in tonight, uh, former member of the EEs, and now our in-game analyst for Elks football here. On six thirty, Chet. Yeah, I and I, I kind of you guys know if you hear me during hockey. I, I don't like to kind of complain about officiating too much unless there's something that is bugs me over multiple games with multiple teams. That is not just in orders or Elks. I think there have been some calls that unfortunately have affected the Elks. A lot of them have been right because they're you know they they are kind of a mistake prone team. But I just feel it's really hard to play defensive back. In the CFL, I think you got to allow some physicality and reward a guy who can make a play on a ball, even if there might be a little bit of, uh, little bit of incidental contact along the way. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll call a quick. timeout. out. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law.
2: Here's Calaris, drops back on a uh, first and ten. He's in trouble as he rolls back, spins away, goes down, throws it, it's intercepted, and it's going to be a pick six. Luchas, pure a to the end zone, and Zach Calaris gives that one away, and the Elks have scored again. through going down, and Purifoy took it to the end zone, and Kolaris has not gotten it. No, up. he has not. Here's Brown. He's thrown. He's got a man open at the 5, and into the end zone he goes. Touchdown for Dalton Schoen, and the Bombers are on the board here at Commonwealth Stadium. Their first 6 of the game with 4-11 to go in the third quarter. It's now
3: 22-6. We tried to you know, play the same exact game plan, and uh, you've got to give credit to their offense coordinator and their backup quarterback. They came in and did a real nice job of, of uh, you know, keeping the football. I mean, offensively, we only had 39 plays, and so unfortunately, uh, that's we've got to stay on the field more offensively to try to have ball control.
2: Ford drops back after the snap, settles, throws deep downfield, and oh, he's got it! What a catch across the 25! Dillon Mitchell with the sticky mitts, and it's first down Edmonton inside the Papa John's red zone. Is it fumbled? It looks like it comes out of Kevin Brown's hand, and the Bombers have possession. At least they say they do. Now the official does as well. Kevin Brown can't hang on to it, and after a big play one way... The offense fumbles the ball away. There's the throw to the end zone, and it's a touchdown. Nick Dembski, what a catch in double coverage for Nick Dembski. Kyron Moore now breaks away from that. He'll get the ball thrown to him, and he'll escape some coverage. He's got some green grass ahead of him. There's no business like show business looking to go down the sidelines inside the 10. Touchdown.
3: They, they went to, to three straight great cuts for a reason, um, but when, you know uh, when we jumped out 22-0 on them, we, we just proved to, to what we've known and it's, um, it's locker on the whole time that you know we can we can play with anybody in the league. We just got to play uh, we just got to play our game for four quarters instead of half.
2: There's the snap. Ford will roll to the right side. Looks downfield. He'll throw and it's intercepted. Evan Holmes steps in front of it. He's got it up and running, but uh, the whistle has blown and down he goes as. That one was intended, I believe, for Kyran Moore and... The Elks have now had their second turnover of this football
3: game. Turnovers in the second half, it gives them momentum, they go down and score points. Uh, Trey was 12 of 16, you know, he did a real nice job there early and, and uh, you know, the throw that uh, he missed, had a misread on the uh, on the interception, tried to force the ball in and ended up getting a turnover and then a four's got to hang on to the ball. When we get a big play to D. Mitch, we're trying to get to the line and, and run a quick handoff to, to ensure that we keep possession of that football so we can make it a two-score game. And, um, and, you know, unfortunately, we put the ball on the turf, and you just can't do that.
2: Brown rolls to the right, throw into the end zone, and, oh, was that caught? Unbelievable. What a catch by Kenny Lawler. you have seen that movie a few times in 2022. Kenny Lawler makes a great catch at the back of the end zone, and all of a sudden, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have the lead in this football game, 30-29 to with the convert bending.
3: I hear around town, you know, I went. I don't very get out very often, but I went to the grocery store, you know, and, and a couple of guys, you know, hey, you guys deserve it. And uh, you know what? We don't deserve it. That's what I told them. I'm like, until we can play four quarters of tough, physical, disciplined football and do all the right things like we did in the first half, when we learn to do that for four quarters, that's when we'll deserve it. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> if you think supposed somebody's supposed to just give you something, that's, that's the wrong thing.